What's up, everybody? I am Joshua, and we are live on the Live Mono Worldwide Network. So blessed to be here. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, we are being broadcast all over the world through streaming media, TV, podcast, radio, social media, and of course, we also publish the blogs um, after the shows, and you can find all of that on livemonoworldwide.org. Uh, blessed to be here. So I really quick want to get into this. Um, <clears throat> Today is uh, the court case, um, which, uh, golly, I just brain farted on the name, which is terrible, but um, there's a, uh, the police officers were found, the Brenda Taylor, thank you, um, the Brenda Taylor, the, they had court today, and the, the officers got off, and regardless of where you stand on this issue, uh, whether you're for the police or, you know, you, whatever it may be, or you're against what had happened, I mean, nobody, nobody deserves to die, and especially in a situation like that, but this is not about taking sides. It's really just a call for compassion um, because, you know, right now it's, everybody's nerves are a little sensitive. There's, <laughs> we've all been bundled up and locked in our houses and, uh, well, not everybody. I've kind of defied that, that, defied that rule as much as possible, but the anxiety is high. Um, you know, where I live here in Minneapolis, uh, the, the racial tensions, the tensions of just, you know, everyday life and just what's been going on in the world. We have an election coming up. There's a lot of people that are hurting right now. And the, the events over the last few months, over the summer, have really, really brought a lot of things to a head. And I just, all I can ask for is everyone out there just to pray for peace and pray for compassion. Um, and pray for, you know, just trying to have, be sympathetic. Because the fact is this, regardless of what side you fall on, um, there's a reason why you choose the side you choose. There's a reason why you choose which party that you side with. There's a reason why people take the stands that they take because they have experienced something in their life that has caused them to want to speak out about that. And, um, you know, that's, and, and we, we get to understand that as humans because we don't know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes. Um, you know, it's, and, 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 and again, even, even talking to other people that have dealt with abuse, the circumstances behind that abuse are different. So to pretend that we know what it's like to be someone else and, and we is, is really just, is absent-minded the right word? Is it being an ignomerous? I don't know what it is, but let's just try to have compassion today and be supportive. And I've already seen on social media some of the the bold stances that people are taking, choosing sides, and that's not going to create the space for healing. So I just wanted to say that really, really quick. Also, want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Live Mana Utoya, home of the world's most complete and most complete organic line of CBD products on the planet. That's sports products, mental health products. Uh, yeah, there's like a brain boost product that's amazing. Um, skincare, cosmetics, all of it, pet products. Uh, Live Mana Utoya. And then also, in all proceeds, every bit of the profits go to support the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation. And also, I am Conchita. Cosmetics. You can go to e y e a m c o n c h i t a dot com. Use promo code Welcome Ten, and you will save ten percent on the Lash App and Curl, which allows women or anyone who wants to wear eyelashes. Um, <laughs> it allows you to apply those lashes in five seconds or less. I uh, saw this. So I'm reading one of the things also for our listeners. I'm giving away uh, this book. I have 500 of them to give away. It's called How to Hear from God. And there's a part of it that says, Taking Thoughts Captive. How does that really work? I saw this, and I wanted to read it really, really quick. And then I want to get into our guest. Where did it stink and go? That's really bad to lose my spot. Oh, here we go. Standing on and in the truth of who you are as a son or daughter of God, and by faith receiving, declaring, claiming, and planting the good and loving things of God into your heart, 
and life as well as it into the lives of others. And so the word there for me is declare, declaring who you are, declaring what you, what you expect to receive from God. And where I found that declaring really works is when you are in line with God's purpose for your life, like why you were created. You know, our gifts, the gifts that we're born with, the gifts that we do nothing to earn, we're just born with it. We can develop them, but our gifts are given to us. But they're given to us with the responsibility of using them to be a blessing to others. I'm one of those people that use my gift for a long time to really wreck people's life. And that's the truth. Um, you know, if you think about some of the greatest leaders of all time, <laughs> and I should be careful how I say this, but Hitler is a prime example of a great leader uh, in the sense that he was able to manipulate, control, uh, and get people to do a lot of really insane, awful things for him. However, he was a great leader, and, 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 but he used his gifts for the wrong reasons. He could have elevated that country to go on and do wonderful things, but he didn't. He, used, he chose to use his gift for evil. We can use our gifts for evil or for good, but I believe to uh, really, really step into our, our God-given purpose, we are to use our gifts to be a blessing for others. And when we do that and we take and we, 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 we claim and we declare the things that we are going to do for the kingdom, for God, for, for our fellow man, um, I believe that we can do anything that we set our mind to. And that's one of the most cool things about a relationship with God. Um, and, and also it really helps you understand who you are, who you were created to be. I'm 41 years old. And uh, it took 41 years of my life to figure out who I am, uh, hence why this show is I Am Joshua. There's no, no name, no title, uh, no category that this is in. It's just I Am Joshua. There's no boxes. Um, I, am, I am free. <laughs> I'm let out of the cage, the cage that I put myself in, or I allowed society to put me in. And that is it no longer. So with that said, um, I'm really excited to have our guest on today, best-selling author, just a tremendous heart for, human, uh, for humanity, um, not just women, but for men too. You know, a lot of female leaders take on the, the they put the focus on empowering other women. In her case, uh, she does empower other women, but she empowers everyone that she comes across. Uh, you, you, when you walk, watch her walk into a room, uh, the whole energy in the room changes. And that is a really, really cool thing to be around. And I pray like heck that I uh, say her last name right. We know each other, but I've never actually said her last name. But I'm honored to introduce to you Renee Reich. Did I say it right? Oh my gosh. Renee, did I say it right? Close. Ah, right. Right. <laughs> Yes. Renee Reich, dad gummit. Well, thank you. Welcome to I Am Joshua. We are blessed to have you here. Um, first As I am blessed to be here. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful for this moment. Why? I'm grateful to be here. Why? Because right now I'm sitting in my parents' home. My dad passed in December of 2018. Ooh. I am with my mom. And I, I come here quite often and spend time together with her. So I'm very grateful for this time, this moment, this moment with you, with your audience. That's what we have, right? We, we have that fear in our head, like what the past and the future, but we have this moment. And what are we doing with this moment that we have? Are we taking that time to look back at yesterday or worry about the next minute? Or are we focusing on the here and now? So I'm grateful for this moment. I love that. Now, I would ask, do you have a gratitude practice? I do. Do you? Yes. So have you ever heard about, you know how people will, when their gratitude journal, they'll write down, and by the way, I wasn't trying to plug someone else's, I wasn't trying to plug someone else's book when you're a best-selling author and we're going to talk <laughs> about your book. I, 
just want to give these away because these books are great. And so I, I want, so I, I apologize about doing that. I mean, no disrespect. It's just I am giving these away and I don't have your book. None taken. Okay. But so back to gratitude practice. Now, have you ever heard about when you people say, I am grateful for to say why after everything that you suggest what you're grateful for? No, I, I haven't heard that, but that actually is a really good thing. I know when I write down the things I'm grateful for, I have the reason in my head as to why I'm writing it. That's why I'm writing it right. because I'm grateful for it. Like if I said, I'm grateful to be with mom, well, it's because I'm grateful for this moment and this time with her, but I don't actually write it, but there's a lot of power in the pen. I'll get into that. And I talk about the book in a moment. Um, but that is very, very powerful. Seeing things written in front of you and actually, it's like, like you said, declaring, you know, that declaration is really powerful. I was listening to your intro. And so that's, it's a very important thing to do when you're declaring something and saying why you're grateful for something as to why you're grateful for it. It actually gives it more energy and more meaning. It actually, from when I first learned about it, this and I never heard anyone else that does this and I don't even remember the source where I learned this from but they the reason why you say why after and you keep saying why until you can't answer it anymore and the reason is is that it helps you get into your heart of with the gratitude because being grateful in your head is not near as powerful as gratitude in your heart and so, and that from a manifestation standpoint and all of that, that's where that can come into play. After I learned that, I went from writing down a hundred things that I was grateful for to like one or two, because I could kept saying why and why and why and why. And it was amazing how that transformed my gratitude practice. Joshua, you're not going to believe this. I literally... First of all, it's one, one, one. Right now, I'm looking at the time, it's one, Ooh, one, gee, one. I like it. So talking about gratitude, I literally got off a call within 30 minutes ago, and it was a Zoom call, and it was about, it was had to do with this, but it also had to do with writing things down and fears and what you're afraid of, and you have to see, keep saying your why because until you got to number seven because you really had to niche it down, and mm -hmm. when you got to number seven, that was the thing you're really afraid of. Like, why are you afraid of this? Why? And like, because why? Because why? Because, and keep going. And then it's like, ah, there's the answer. Well, the same thing with gratitude. I'm grateful for the same thing. It's like what you're really grateful for. So on opposite ends of the spectrum, it goes in both directions, the yin and the yang, um, as to why. It can actually find out the cause of what's bothering you inside. Like, why are you feeling frustrated? Well, because this person just did this. Well, why? Because... And ultimately, it's going to be because I have feelings of my own that this reminds me of when you see in somebody else. It's because in somewhere subconsciously or consciously, you, you own that that you're upset with with the other person. If you keep going down to why that person's bothered, why you're allowing that person to bother you so much. You keep going, going, why, why, why? And then you're like, oh, I do that too. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, no. You know, there's that reflection that you don't want to look in the mirror for. Uh, and the same thing with gratitude. You can say, why are you grateful? Why are you grateful? It's, like, oh, it's really that. So it really, it works. It works. I used to be a very fly by the seat of my pants, spontaneous, impulsive, highly impulsive, um, which is normal with people that experience trauma. But, and there's no excuse, but because, especially because now that I've learned how to train my, my brain to actually not just like even with a gratitude practice, keep asking why, but also before I make decisions, being able to stop long enough to go, okay, what are the consequences of this? Where, and, and so now that's keeping me from making the bad decisions that I used to make and how I've learned to retrain triggers to keep me from, again, doing, acting impulsively. Um, but the one thing that I'm fortunate about because I was, I actually feared this a little bit was that now that I would stop and think what I actually scare myself out of doing things, what I scare myself out of being obedient to the call of what I was being led to do. Fortunately, I was able to not get, you know, stop to think long enough to scare myself, 
because some of the things that I'm doing should terrify me. So with that said, for you, what scares you and how do you teach yourself to push past that fear? When the want is greater than the fear, you keep going. Oh my gosh, that's good. I dig that. <laughs> I'm glad. I really like that. What do you want? You know, what do you want to create? Wow, that's a good one. What I want to create is a world where I can actually be that vessel for others to share their voice and not to hold back from those fears of not being enough, mm. being judged, being a people pleaser, all of those things that I had to go through and sometimes I still struggle because guess what? I'm as human as the next person. <laughs> so uh, just because you write a book and you're an international best-selling author doesn't mean you're perfect. <laughs> but finding, uh, your you know, what finding your voice, I'm unlock your chains and unleash your greatness. And Joshua, you touched on that in the very beginning of the intro about yourself, about your, your, I, I am Joshua. You, you know, it's you're just unleashing that which we've already had. And we come into this world with all our gifts and how we use them. And a lot of times you're afraid that you, but people in general are afraid to use them because what if I reject it? What if somebody says something that isn't good about me and other people hear it? What if they don't like it? What if they don't like me? What if they don't agree with me? What if, what if, what if? And then you know how many people are in a cemetery because of the what ifs? <laughs> They never got their voice. They never got their voice out there. They never did that thing that scared them. And other people will never hear that voice. So I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that came forward with her voice. And as scared as it as it I get sometimes, like that fear is not as big as my want to help and be the vessel for others to share their voice. So to have that desire, that means statistically that at some point someone did tell you that you didn't deserve to have a voice. Well, Is this accurate with you? I'm going to share that. I believe I'm going to backtrack for a second. Please. I believe the desire, the desire needs to be greater than the doubt. And as far as personally, I believe it was me. It was you? I believe it was me, ultimately my inner voice. The inner voice creates the fear. The outer voice is the one that overcomes it. A friend of mine heard that with me a long time ago. And it's maybe circumstances that I was around or if I feel like I measured up to somebody else, that comparison, well, mm -hmm. I'm this and they're that and how come I'm up there? And, you start comparing yourself in comparison to what is not the, we're, we're unique as we are. We're wonderful as we are. Walk in your own greatness, walk in your own great power and be the person you're next to be. I wasn't born to be you, but neither were you born to be me. We're born to be who we are as we are and to share our gift with the world. And with me, with my voice, I physically lost my voice to an illness. It was the worst time in my life because someone who's a speaker, who's a transformational coach, who loves to support and empower others, I had no voice. This is before I went there. I was in corporate America at the time that this happened. And I'm not gonna say it happened to me, because it didn't. At the time, I would say, yes, it happened to me. But now, in hindsight, 2020, it happened for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the year 2020, I mean, the, well, 2020 is also the hindsight. Um, but <laughs> it's the foresight, too. It's, it's really something that took place in my life. I was working in corporate American retail and I got very, very sick to the point of it's very similar to what's going on today with the quarantine. I had to source all of my vocal cords and it was the most pain I've ever endured and don't wish it on anybody. I could not swallow, I could not eat, I could not drink because the pain was on a one to 10, it was like, I don't even know. <laughs> it was so painful. Um, the point is, 
that what that happened, what that made me realize is when that happened, is it made me get quiet within myself because I couldn't speak. So I didn't have a choice. There wasn't laryngitis, it was viral pharyngitis, so it's a virus. So I wasn't allowed out with the public. I was literally quarantined with me, myself, and I, the four walls. That was it. It was no, you know, I was instant messaging my, my mom then on, on AOL, if you can imagine, it's 2013. And <laughs> uh, uh, trust me, I wasn't FaceTime with anybody. There was no FaceTiming then. But it was really uh, very scary. All I did was look out the window. One of my chapters in my book is called Sunrise Set because that's what I did. I watched the sunrise and I watched the sunset. And most times when I wake up, I couldn't wait to go back to bed. Not because I was so tired, but I wanted to get out of my pain. And I thought if I was asleep, I wouldn't have to endure more pain. Well, the thing is, when I would swallow in my sleep, I suppose we swallow in our sleep, I'd wake up from the pain in tears because it was so great. So finding your voice, unlock your chains, unleash your greatness was my very own chains that I was bound up in. And unleashing is unleashing my own greatness and releasing my greatness out into the world, my voice, and to use it to help others and to lift them up. Elevating the voices for the voiceless. Yes, exactly. And, and it's interesting that you, I, yeah, I'm gonna say it because I'm, I came to my mind. I had this conversation with one of my black friends the other day, we were talking about Kanye West who said slavery is a choice, which when you hear that, you're going, what? I don't think he was talking about the kind of slavery that, you know, we, we you know, the, the surface level, you know, what people experienced. I think he was talking about the slavery that we put on ourselves, the bondage that we put ourselves in, the chains that we put ourselves in, the cages that we put ourselves in. I think, I really believe that that's what he was saying. Because if you think about it, with COVID, with the lockdowns, there could be another shutdown. I've heard, I was speaking to one of my friends in England yesterday who said that they're getting ready, they're, they're on lockdown again for the third time. Oh, goodness. And so you think about the, that shutdown and we're being locked into our homes and that can become your home is now a prison. But the one thing that I've learned through COVID more than I've ever learned it in my life is that regardless of what's happening around us, no matter what man tries to do, no matter what the government tries to do, no matter what anyone tries to do, the one thing they can't ever take away is God's purpose for our life. Therefore, we get to create and live in our purpose regardless of what the circumstances are around us. So, Bond, you, you, keep, you keep saying this and you, about you put yourself in chains. I, I, so I'm in, I, I love where your head is at with this because it is true. So with COVID and the shutdown and how it's impacted you, what is the biggest takeaway, not on a negative side, but on a positive side, what has been the biggest takeaway for you in your experience with COVID and the shutdown? Time. The gift of time. Oh my gosh. You know, we all have that. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, every single one of us. It's what we do with it and what we choose to do with those 24 hours. How are we choosing to spend them? And with whom are we choosing to spend them? Yeah, that's good. Because you don't ever want to look back on this time and look at what you've lost. How about look at what you found or what you've gained or what you've realized? Not just about others in your circle, but what you've realized about yourself. It forces us to take a look in the mirror. I had to do exercises during my recovery process. And I literally, part of it was actually to look in the mirror. And trust me, it wasn't pretty and it wasn't fun. But when you physically look in the mirror and you see that reflection staring back at you, what do you see and who do you see? Are you proud of the person that's looking back at you? Do you have any, any doubts or regrets? 
Because as long as you have breath, my mom said a long time ago, as long as you have breath, you have life. And when you have life, you have opportunities. Mm. I believe in turning obstacles into opportunities. We have so many things that we can do to make our lives better and empower ourselves to be better and not look at, I don't have this, I don't have that, this went to, no, that was it. What about you? What can you do? You can thrive, you can do more than survive, you can thrive, but what do you do? Who are you reaching out to? People are more around now to support you than they were before. That's right. So if you need to reach out to somebody, reach out. I am certainly here. I'm here to help and support and, and to help guide on the path to purpose. So you know, that's what, that's what happened in 2013 to me at the time. I didn't know it, it took me a good five years. I went back to my, one of my other children, old habits I brought, I went back to my old ways. We so often make our promises. I pro- when, when something's not right in our life, I promise when I get better, I'll be better, I'll do better, I'll do this. And then it lasts until it doesn't. That's right. God's good. Let me ask you something. I, I never, I'm not really a big fan of having coaches on the show because all of my friends, I think, are coaches. It's, I guess it's like real estate agents or anything else. I mean, to the point where there's so many, like, you know, it's, it, it is a challenge to separate yourself. And, but at what point with coaches, especially though, do you, how do you differentiate yourself when there's only so much that you can really teach that has not been taught before? So as a coach, like what advice do you have for other, and again, I'm not trying to create competition for you, but what advice- Well, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna interject. I'm okay. gonna interject you right there. Cause I don't believe in competition. If anything, I believe in collaboration. Ah. So keep going. Well, how do you do I'm that? I'm not in competition. I'm so not in competition a, with anybody. So that right there would be one way that you separate yourself from the rest of the coaches. Because the rest of it is my technique is better, my, you know. Like that's, I I love that. So as a coach, having the mindset of collaboration, how is the, is, is, tell me the ideology behind that. So, you know, a lot of people, you're right, there's a million coaches out there. Which one do I want? You know, it's like an interview. I interview people as much as they interview me. I want to know that I'm going to be able to give them what they need after I have a 30 minute complimentary consultation with them. I want to make sure I'm going to be delivering every point that they want. If I'm not, I'll turn them over to somebody who will. Because I can't give 150, 200% of what they're looking for, then it's not worth them investing any time with me. I'm not even saying money, I'm saying time, because that's valuable. Mm-hmm. It's more valuable than the money is their time that they have. It's a gift that we have with time here. So I want to make sure that I give them most value the time that they're investing in me ideally when someone's looking for a coach how often should to be the to get the maximum impact like how many days a week should you be meeting with your students or whatever you call them (laughs) well i depending what they want whatever program they want to go whatever they want to sign up and move for that's that would be depending on that. So it's not like it's just this, it's just that. I have different programs that I offer. So depending on what they're looking for, it's not a cookie cutter approach. Like I do this, I do this. Because you're not the same as the next person or the next person, or the next person. So I want to make sure that I hear exactly what they want to them. So it's like here's my thing, and this is for you. And it's going to be another person that doesn't really, you know, have a voice with the program. I'm all about the voice. <laughs> I want to make sure that everything that we are working on together is, is what's going to give them a transformation they're looking for or to give them the next level of what they want in their life. And that's really important to me because that's what's going to matter most to them. I'm not it's really... It's not about me when I meet with them. It's about what they, what they want. What do you say to people that are... Do you believe that... Okay, I know how I want to ask this question. <laughs> I'm uncoachable. I'm I'm guidable, but I'm not really coachable because I have 
I am I live off of what the spirit guides me to do and typically that is doing the exact opposite of what I'm told and what I see everyone else doing so like say you saw someone like me who is just told you that I'm not coachable would you are you do you look at people like that and go oh yeah I can coach them <laughs> or do you I mean is that is that necessarily a bad thing if somebody is not coachable? No, it does. It means that your perception of yourself, and it doesn't mean that you're not. It means I, I used to ask the why, like earlier in this conversation, like the because or the why. I would keep, you know, diving deeper. Why do you think you're not coachable? What is it that makes you believe that? Why, do, you know, all of those things to make you understand and make me understand why you feel that way. And if it's if it's in fact true and it's not a fit. I would say, well, maybe there's something else I can assist you with in guiding you. You know, when you're guiding, it's still a, a form of coaching. You're still guiding somebody, but it's going to be on the terms of at the the terms that they are comfortable with. Sure. As I said, it's never about me and what I want. It's going to be me listening. You know, we have two of these and one of these. Yeah. Two sense. ears and one mouth. So by listening to what you are comfortable with and what you're looking for, that's what I'm going to our program towards. I don't Whatever yeah, it works best. For me, it's just an issue of you can't possibly know what the spirit is telling me to do. That's one thing. And then number two, I don't I don't really trust people. Like and I don't trust that they are going to see it from a higher self, higher purpose calling, which is what I believe that I'm called. No arrogancy here. I just know that God wouldn't have spared my life through all of the crap. He, my life wouldn't have been spared. There's no way if I didn't have a higher calling. So to step in that or to, to be obedient and to pursue that, it is going against the grain almost at every single turn. Now, I am fortunate to have, like I have the most amazing relationship now, like it's the only healthy relationship I've ever had. But I did the work to get there, to be able to receive that. But I am so blessed. I'll listen to her. But the really interesting thing is, the only reason why I'll listen to her is that we get the same visions. That's, that's the same thing with working with a guide, a mentor, a coach. That's why I said I would not necessarily take on every client that came to me. That's why there's a communication process beforehand to find out if we are aligned. Just like a chiropractor, they align, they adjust your spine. You want to know that you're aligned to that, that coach, that person, get mm -hmm. you. They understand what your vision is. If they don't, then that's, that's going to be not, I would say no. I would, I would not take on that client if you're not going to be something that is going to be beneficial for you. Yeah. And it's not going to be it's worth the, the investment of time. So what I'm saying here is that you want to always, I always go through the interview process first. So I want to make sure that there is that alignment. And we do have the same vision. What is the outcome that we want to achieve? And I say we because it's a team, right? Yeah, for like, sure. It's not yeah, a telling do this, do this, do this. I never want to be told what to do. I'd like to be guided on my journey, right? But you don't want to be, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Please don't tell me what to do. But you I, want it to be in the lines of what your vision is, what you feel comfortable in doing. And those are the things you're going to do. If someone just tells you what you need to do, I'm going to turn my back and walk the other way. I, not, not trying to be rude, but I would not. I just, that does not work. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. I've had people will drop in my DMs and start telling me how I should do things. And I'm going, what? Who are you? Like, are you insane? Like, that's just rude anyway. But, yeah. like, just because you may bill yourself as an expert, like, come on. Right. Like, it's it's a weird phenomenon to me, but I, I love what I you said. You. And you and I have, I, there's so many things that you've said. There's so many things that I already knew about you and so many things that you've said today that we share an ideology about because I, and one of them most recently was about sharing a vision. If I, I've never created a course. I won't create, I don't really believe I want to create a course because Again, I, I want to tailor it to someone's needs, like anything that I do. But at the same time, if I ever, if I'm somebody wants my help with something, 
uh, whether it's a brand or distribution or something on the multimedia side or any of that, if I don't get a vision for it, I can't do it. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I kind of re really rely off of if I get a vision for it or not, which is my way of saying, God has shown me something for this of how I can contribute. And if I don't get that, I'm not even going to try because I think it's going to go completely south. I don't, I, I don't have any confidence in it if I don't have a vision for it. So I would be doing that person a disservice by trying to take that on. So I love that you said that. Like that, see, that would actually make me want to go, well, I would actually see if she would coach. <laughs> you see that? And I don't, you, you, tricked, know, I don't you tricked know. me. That's not fair. I didn't know. I, I, it's, it's because that's funny because I really feel that way though. I don't want someone coming at me with any program or this or that. I don't have a set. I have a program for sure, but I don't have something. Well, this is what Josh is going to fall into this one. It's Susie who's going to fall into that. You are unique. I need to make it and tailor it to you mm -hmm. because I want something to be really effective for you. And that's what you're going to want to the outcome. You yeah. this for the end in mind. That's what the goal is. So how can I throw something at you and say this is what's going to work? Because it worked for eggs, it needs to work for this one or that one. You're different than the next one. Maybe you don't start at number one. Maybe you start at number five because you're not at the same point that the other person was. That's why there's always discussion first. It's not. It's tailored to your needs. Everything I do is tailored to the person. It's not a one-size-fits-all. One if I was to ever create a course or a program of any sort, it would have to be with, like, with Jessica, my, my better half, and it would be centered around managing, like, learning how to thrive with mental uniqueness, which is, you know, like, borderline personality disorder and, and disassociative identity disorder. Like, I... That is something that I, I could see myself trying to do, but even that, you couldn't put that in a box either because it is so unpredictable. Have you ever had to work with somebody that, or you, have you ever chosen to work for, with somebody that had multiple personalities? Not as of yet, but you might be one of them. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Asking. I'm like, I, 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 listen, there's a, there's a first time for everything. I'm open. I, I am open. That's why I always speak with people to find out, is this something that's going to work for both? Mm -hmm. If it works for one, it's not going to, it's got to be two ways. It's got to be that open heart, you know, space where we both are ready to, to dive in deep for this because it is a deep dive when you, you know, when you're in a transformational state, you have to be ready. Yeah. And you have to be willing. And if those aren't there, then it's like beating your head against the wall, or it's not gonna not gonna break. Um, you know, but you, you have to be really in that space to do that. Something we talked about earlier in the brand that I want to make sure I get to this because this is so important. And is writing things down. What I was gonna say is in the book that I have the sections after each, and you, you said this without even knowing this. I know you're not aware of this yet, but you will be. You said, is there a takeaway that you can give everybody? Yeah. You ready? You ready for this? Takeaway. Huh. I did I know, know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you will. When you get the book, you'll know. So yeah. after, each after each section, it's a thin book, easy to read, very easy to read. Um, and it's 83 pages, very divine number, 8311. That I could not plan. I did plan the 11 chapters. I planned that. But I couldn't plan how many pages. A book goes to formatting for those authors out there. You don't know how many pages by the dimension of the book. Right. It's going to turn out. When I looked at it, it's 83. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> how did that happen? Uh, so, you know, with the forward, with the table of contents, with everything, it's 83. So that's interesting. But I do have the takeaway section. And I have several pages for people to write their answers on. I mean, I leave like three to four line pages for people to write their answers because I believe in the power of the pen. And what comes up will come out. Yeah. Just like when you're writing your, your why, it's why are you afraid of, you know, because, and you keep writing, because, you know, everything you're writing and it keeps getting to the answer. 
what are you really grateful for? And you keep saying, why? You know, again, what are you grateful for? Asking those questions. And it really comes up, what are you really grateful for? I'm grateful for this because, or I'm afraid of that because. It's usually the seventh one down. I just got through the class and it was very empowering to do that exercise. So that is something I'm gonna keep on doing whenever those things come up. But this is something, I leave exercises for each chapter and then the exercises are based on what you just read. So it's, there's a quote, there's, the information that I, I speak about the journey mm -hmm. and then there's an exercise and it's geared to you it's not about me so i take That's the readers i don't want it to be about me quite frankly the whole book is not about how she lost her voice how she found her voice. they're each it's not that i only talk about them in the first chapter and that's it just to introduce you to what happened yeah and the reason for the book and then each subsequent chapter is a story about what happened. It's like a story within the book, a story within the, the story of it. And they're just different stories of part of my transformation. So it's very empowering. And then I have a question for you. How does what I just spoke about in that chapter pertain to you in your life, in your own journey? That's smart. That's a good way to write a book, I think. Well, it's, a be it's an international bestseller, right? I recently found out so far it's been a four time number one bestseller. Dang. Are you, have you so done, um, not trans, not called transcribed. What is it called when you convert it to another language? Have you done that yet? Like Spanish? No, but I like, yeah, no, I would like to. If anybody out there has a way to get that done, I would like to. I also like to have this book. This is, I've been speaking this out every day into schools and universities. Because even with lockdown, I literally have this vision that the schools and university can have like the Zoom groups and they have breakout sessions on Zoom. For those who don't know, you do you can have breakout sessions on Zoom. And like a group would take a chapter or two chapters and, and answer the questions, you know, like how did this group answer question one through three? And then question you know, group two answers, or if you have a lot of if you have eleven groups, whatever it is, you break them up into groups and you ask each group to take certain questions in the book. And then you you know collaborate. I love collaboration on how each of them answered. And then you have a speaker to go back to the class and say, "How did you number one? How did you answer takeaway number one? You know, or one and two and three, and come to the conclusions of what that speaks about yourself. What have you learned about yourself in the process of answering those questions? Super cool. I like that. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. This. It would actually be interesting. It would also be interesting to see a live, like to see that live streamed where you had people on the screen with you and you kind of had like that breakout session, live stream, even podcasts, whatever, um, and, and, and break it out that way. I think there'd be a lot of value for the audience just to see people dissect it and hear the different opinions that are, you know, or the different, um, uh, the different feedback, the different takeaways for each person because it's amazing how much thought, even like I'm always drawn to opinions that are different than mine. I may not like it, but I'm drawn to them to challenge one, my beliefs and my thinking, but also try to find a different way of looking at a situation because I mean, we're all humans and we're shaped by our circumstances and we only know what we know. But like I was saying before with this Brenda Taylor case is like, it's real easy to say, yeah, but, and, and XYZ and all of this other stuff to try, and it to, to try to dismiss or discredit why somebody else feels the way they feel. But until you've lived in that person's shoes, you have no possible way of seeing it the way they do. And so if we can have an open and a compassionate heart towards this, you know, the situation, like we may learn something. I'm, I'm learning stuff like I've, I've really tried to force myself to put myself in situations that I normally wouldn't go into. And I'm grateful for Jessica for this because, so one of my issues, I, I've always had a heart to help people. Even when I was a delinquent, evil, crazy person, before I turned my life around, I, I did love to help people, but it always, I let the other guy take over and, and wreck my life and wreck everyone 
that tried to love me. Coming out of that and having turned my life around, the one area that I really struggle with is empathy. Because, I, I, for instance, I can get on stage and I can share my story and all that has, has, has transpired in my life and how I've overcome and how I've, how I've healed and yada, yada, yada. But when I get off stage, I immediately want to hide. And like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to hug you. I don't want to shake your hand. Like, I want to go like as quickly as possible. And so my level of helping has always been very surface level because I, one, the fear of taking on other people's energy, two, the vulnerability is a lot. But because of Jessica, like, and I've always had a heart for the homeless. I was homeless. But again, my help was, here's some food, God bless you. You know, here's some clothes, helping that way, but not actually taking the time to really truly try to be on their level, have fellowship, get to know, humanizing the situation as much as possible. And it's really started to teach me a level of empathy I didn't know that I was possible for me to have. And it's been an incredible experience. I don't know why I've went off on that tangent just now. I lost my train of thought. You needed to, you need to express and use your voice. Yeah. So we're listening. I yeah, think, jo I Joshua, I think, it, but I forgot it, but <laughs> well, you know, something that I, I say a lot, and I think you're going to relate to it because of what you just shared. We grow through what we go through. Yeah. And the opportunities there, we don't the opportunity have to choose to grow, right? You have to be open to growing, but sometimes in the moment, you don't know it. You don't realize it's something that's there to support you, not to mm -hmm. harm you. Uh, you wouldn't be the person you are today if you not go, go through the things you went through. No, no. You would no way. You were not in the space to be the person. If you would have told yourself back then, first of all, your younger self wouldn't have even listened. So I would have forget that if you would have told yourself, you wouldn't have even listened. You would have, I'm sure, said some <laughs> nasty things to, the, to your higher self and think, get out of here. And it wouldn't have been those words, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but, that being said, I think the same thing with, with what I went through. When I was going through it, I didn't know what I had done wrong. I didn't know why it was happening. I didn't know the thing that I love the most is I think God is always number one in my family. The things I love most are speaking and connecting. Mm. The two things that were taken at the time they were taken from me, later learned out they were taken for me, was the, That's good. my voice and the ability to connect. Those were like my favorite things. I always said I was like water, you know, to people were to me were like watering a plant. Like, you know, the, the relationship to watering a plant. A plant can't survive without water unless it's in one of those succulents or something. But it really can't. And I really survived and thrived when I was amongst people. The thing is, I had to be able to love myself and be comfortable with being alone with myself, not being lonely, but being alone. And listening to myself and I was always running, 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 running and going, 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 going and doing, 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 doing instead of being. Mm -hmm. I didn't allow myself to be. I was always going to the next thing. Yeah. And when this happened, I didn't have a choice. I was told I was highly contagious. I was told I couldn't be in the public yeah. and I could not speak to save my own life because there was no voice. There were just sores all over oh my body. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was incredible. Um, the pain was awful. <clears throat> I don't know what else to say. I didn't know that I was gonna survive it. And quite frankly, I didn't really want to survive it. Mm. And when I wake up the next morning, like, I, I was still here. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know why I had to endure the pain, why I was being forced to endure such terrible pain. And a doctor, not one doctor could do anything for me. Nothing. Nothing. They, they ended up drawing 19 vials of blood for me over three and a half months. How many vials? 19. Oof. How did you get over? So I remember when I found out about having HIV, I didn't want to live either. And, and I really, I mean, I was living a pretty reckless lifestyle then. 
I just stepped on the accelerator thinking it was going to kill me faster, but I quickly realized that God didn't want me to die, which was to my dismay for a while. Now it's, you know, different. But how, I know that feeling that you're talking about where you're just like, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to live like this. How did you shift your mindset out of that? That's a great question. It wasn't really a, a, a question of shifting my mindset because I was not a spiritual person at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just going to work. I was in corporate America running around. It was a Christmas season, just, you know, running like a chick with my head cut off. <laughs> and then I was like, came to a screeching hall. Mm-hmm. And I just had to just sit and be. I really, again, didn't know what was going on other than being in tremendous pain. And I think the time of just getting quiet, I, I cried a lot because the pain was so severe and mm. I was locked away. I was in my own hell of a life. And there was no breaking free. Like, oh, I'll just decide, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll meditate. Again, I wasn't spiritual. There was no meditations, affirmations, you know, writing, journaling. None of that existed in my life. Yeah. I didn't do that. So it was just God saying, you're not listening to your best friend who is one of my angels in heaven right now with my father. Yeah. And I had to just be, he was not in my life at that moment, at that time. God used her as the vessel to help me through it. She would drive up my driveway with a mask and a bag from the grocery store or for a kosher chicken. I'm a Jewish gal. I, I kept kosher at the time that she had made for me in her home, that she made sure it was, you know, the right way to make it and to bring to me because she knew I couldn't care for myself. Yeah. And I would look out the window and there she was driving up with a mask on and dropping off like chicken because she knew I needed a protein that she had made or Gatorade to try to give me some, you know, something in my, in my system some liquid, some potassium, something, or applesauce, something. It was very hard to swallow anything. But I wrote in the book, the love behind what she was doing was stronger than the pain that I was enduring. That's so good. That's good. Wow. You're a wise woman. Thank you, Joshua. Um, how you know, this, people- this, this came from a lot of, a lot of time sitting by myself, right? <laughs> the wisdom doesn't just come in, in days and weeks and years. It comes from sometimes getting quiet and learning lessons. And a lot of them are really hard lessons. And they're, they're not comfortable and they're not pretty. And there's a lot of tears with those lessons. Oh, God. And I think the lessons are, are strong. I, I'll ne- yeah, for me, the, my legit, the true healing took place when I was by myself. I even like, <clears throat> after turning my life around, I was still in a toxic relationship. Marrying a woman I didn't know pulled me out of the toxic relationship. That experience is what finally go, okay, God, all right, all right, all right, all right, I'll be alone. <laughs> like, I'll be alone and I'll, I'm gonna, I'll continue to do the work, but I'm gonna do it alone so I can really hear what you're saying to me, what you want from me, what you need me to do for me to get where you want me to go. It was that experience, that year, a little, it was a little over a year of finally being alone and it changed everything for me. And then after that, putting myself in a situation where now I get to give back, I get to be accountable to somebody because I'd never been accountable to anyone. I was my own boss. My dad wouldn't buy me Jordans. And, uh, and he told me to get a job. I'm like, dad, I'm 12 years old. I don't care. Get a job. Okay. So I found a way to get a job, but I was always pushing, always like always working, always around other people, always, you know, doing everything possible to distract myself or get where I was going. And, but I'd never been accountable to anyone because I'd always been my own boss. I learned how to hustle. Well, I put myself in a situation to be accountable, to be, to learn, to be, even though I was given a long rope, I was still under someone's covering and teaching. And that was really, really good for me. Um, and then after that, God started to bring people in my life that I wouldn't damage. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, but it took all of that. It took that being alone to heal, to get stronger, to become who I was, because I don't think that God creates us to be alone. Especially if we're, when, when our gifts are to be used to be a blessing to other people and to help other people. So anyway, I, 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 again, that's another thing you've said that hits me in the heart because it's very, very much in line with my own journey and my own process. And, and here's the thing. I know for a fact now I can look back at that year and a half, all those tears and how frustrating it was. And it was lonely and I didn't really like looking at myself that much. But I would not have a family right now without that time, and I'm grateful for it. It is true. You know, we go through these hardships in life, and you're like, what did I do so bad to deserve this? Why am I being punished? And I, I you know, I, I, I questioned what I had done. I, I didn't know. And I didn't do anything. It's not like I did something wrong. It was what I needed to do and who I needed to become. Mm-hmm. And in getting quiet and going through that pain, you can't become the person you're meant to be without going through the different hardships. If you haven't experienced them in some form, like the things that you're supposed to become will keep showing up in some form or another until you learn the lesson. Circling around the mountain. Right. They keep showing up. You are. You keep running around that mountain. And, and then when you arrive, you're like, oh, I get it. If you keep looking, this keeps happening. This keeps happening. Why does the same thing keep happening? Because there's a lesson that you're not learning. Yeah. And then once you learn it, you're like, okay, I get it. So it's maybe it's being more empathetic. Maybe it's being more compassionate. Maybe it's having more patience. And the thing that maybe you're not having with, with others is the thing you don't have for yourself. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. the thing we see in others that we get that gets us, you know, really wild up and wound up, like, oh, and so frustrated. It's like. Oh, I get frustrated with myself too when I don't do this. Yeah. I get angry with myself too when I don't do that. But you're seeing it acted out in somebody else's behavior. It's like, you know, when they say you're pointing one finger that way, there's three more pointing back at you. That's beautiful. Renee, this has been an absolute blessing. Thank you so much um, for coming on the broadcast and. Uh, Again, oh, last thing. How do people buy the book? Okay, so here's the name of the book again. It's called Find Your Voice, Unlock Your Chains, and Unleash Your Greatness. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's on Goodreads. Um, you could also just put in my name, it's, and then it'll pop up. Because when I go there, there's a few uh, books called Find Your Voice, but none with my subtitle. So you have to okay. put the title and subtitle. You'll see me standing on. It's actually got a photo. So I was actually on Newport Beach where my best friend and I used to go. Uh, so I went to that place specifically for that reason. And um, you can buy that on Amazon. The book is $9.99 and the ebook is $0.99. Cents. Um, I'd like you, if you can, get the book because, as I said, there's power in the pen and you can write down answers to your questions. On the ebook, you know, when you're reading it on your iPad, you might hypothetically think, well, how would I answer that question? But then you're not writing it out. And it's not yeah. really coming through you. And you can't ever go back to it. How did I answer that question last month or two months ago? Because you have nothing to compare it to. So it's, if you can't get the book, I would encourage the book for those reasons. Um, so, you know, I, that's, that's a way to get the book. But if anybody have, has any suggestions or ideas how to get this into uh, schools and universities, I really think this is a powerful thing. It's in personal growth and development in Barnes and Noble, at least in Diego. It's, um, it's, it's a great great read for a lot of people right now, especially being on lockdown and being cooped up. Um, it's a really way to get out of your head and into your heart. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. As you said, it's a very thin book, easy read, but powerful read. And um, I think you'll glean a lot of insight into yourself in reading the book. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to share my heart with you and your audience and giving voice to the voiceless and uh, empowering people along the way. So I love them to reach out if, if they'd like any you know, time to speak with me. I would love to connect with them. If they're looking for a mentor or a guide, uh, I'd love to be that vessel, that person for them. So please reach out. I'm at Renee at ReneeRunch.com where you connect with me on Messenger, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Let me let know that it's from this show that you saw me and uh, let's definitely connect. I offer 30-minute complimentary consultations 
So I would love that opportunity to speak with your audience. And we will, um, when we publish the blog and, and we put everything out, we'll, we'll make sure that all of the links and everything are there. So it'll be super easy for everybody just to click and directly contact. Oh, great. I yeah. thank you, Joshua. Yeah, it, it's a you. good opportunity to be with you. Uh, God bless you. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.